You're listening to Chew On That. And here's what we're chewing on today. So I came across some famous last words this past week. Right before Napoleon, the great military leader, died, he said this, I die before my time. My body, it'll be given back to the earth to become the food of worms. Such is the fate which so soon awaits the great Napoleon. Then he died. (laughs) How about the world-renowned Hindu leader, Mahatma Gandhi? He said, my days are numbered. I'm not likely to live much longer. For the first time in 50 years, I find myself in a slew of despond. All about me is darkness. All I'm praying for is light. Hmm. 19th century French statement Talleyrand, he wrote these words on a scrap of paper and he put them on the nightstand right beside his bed before he died. He said, behold, 83 years passed away. What cares, what agitation, what anxieties, what ill will, what sad complications? And all without results, except great fatigue of mind and body and a profound sentiment of discouragement with regard to the future and disquiet with regard to the past. A man people said had accomplished incredible things, looked back on his life, said it was worthless, and died in regret. That wasn't like that for the Apostle Paul. When when he reached the end of his life, he died with a note of triumph, with a note of victory. He shows Jesus' people throughout every generation how to live, serve Jesus, and die with no regrets. I want to live that kind of life, don't you? I want to reach the end of my life and have no regrets. That's what I want to talk about today in a message that we're calling A Man Poured Out, A Ministry Filled Up. Hey, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Pastor Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in good old Green Bay, Wisconsin. Go, Pat, go. Yep. It is good old Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and I'll say that coming off of the 4th of July weekend. Yes. Like, we that was a pre-show talk. The pre-show talk was Fourth of July. Was uh, what we what we did over the weekend. Yes. And uh, and 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 wireless mesh networks. <laughs> we in the did house. have a very detailed conversation about yes. that. <laughs> Megan, 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 and her husband Kyle are having some internet issues. Yeah. People might be switching their modems this week. People yeah, might be switching their modems say. and their routers yep. this week. Uh, but but the 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 general talk was how was your Fourth of July weekend? And yeah. and I'll say uh, Green Bay. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I can't. You, I don't know if you can find some more better that like on the Fourth of July weekend. It was beautiful. It was. Tr- it, was it was beautiful. The rain was nasty well, yesterday on the for 4th a minute. Of July, yeah, for a minute. But the yes. weekend was superb. Yes, there's really not. I mean, Wisconsin in July is pretty fantastic. It is. It's, it's always like, oh, should we take a vacation? Where should we go? You know, should we use up our summertime? Like, why would we leave Wisconsin in literally mm-hmm. the best months yeah. of the yeah, whole year? Because it's so beautiful. So I was watching, and I often do this. I watch a, a, a city footage, like of, of uh, what are they, CTC cameras? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Of uh, So I have a lot of family in LA. And so there are some piers and beaches that I, I turn them on. And I, I happened to, I was at the computer this weekend for a little bit and I had the camera on my my right screen because I just, I get very serene watching mm, yeah. uh, this, this pier and this beach in particular. But I, I thought out loud too, I was like, gosh, it looks like an absolutely gorgeous day out there. Mm-hmm. But then I remember- Remember, and this is the this is how they this is how they get you. All right, yeah, it's always going to be seventy four. It's going to be a nice, subtle, soft breeze off the Pacific, but the smog and the people. Yes, that's mm. it. That's, that's where it. they're going to get you. They're like, no, no, don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. Mm. You worry about the beach. You worry about me. Yeah, yeah. you worry about the soft breeze off the Pacific. That view is very small. <laughs> don't pay any mind of the $28 a month you're going to pay in rent for a studio. Don't care about that, man. I don't think it's 28 anymore, buddy. 28, I think it's up there. 100. So. I think it's where he was going with that, yeah. 2,800, yeah. So anyway, so Green Bay, it was a great weekend. You guys had a, had a good weekend. Megan, what'd you do? We went up to Door County. We had a boat and an Airbnb and... Um, in the words of my friend, she's like, rent a boat in a cabin with people who are like family because you won't regret it. I was like, dang, yes, <laughs> that's true. No regrets. Yeah. <laughs> Which is coincidentally what we're talking about today. Well, don't, don't spoil it. <laughs> okay. Don't spoil it. Okay. No regrets, no remorse. It was in the intro. I'm not spoiling mm-hmm. it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Pastor Ellis, what'd you do? I, I, I went to church, uh, listened to a very great message mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point, uh, I've never done this before, but I, I went to first service and heard this message and then went to my kid's team 
as they were doing kids ministry. And I said, you guys need to go to church. Yeah. Uh, not that they don't go to church. And it's so funny because one of my volunteers, <laughs> I was on the phone just checking on one of my volunteers. They were a little late and uh, she comes outside and we connect eyes and she goes, I'm, I'm, going, I'm coming back and I'm just putting stuff in my car. <laughs> like, That's fine. Yeah. I, just, I just highly suggest you, you know, this is a good one. And uh, I was actually sitting next to Keith during uh, the message. And there was times we were both going, whoa, like, wow. Like, like, like mm-hmm. not like 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 pastor said stuff. Where we're like, uh oh, we're in trouble. Like it was just really yeah. good, and I think we got pretty vocal. And uh, pastor did say, he goes, hey, thanks guys. It helps. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. There was a, there was a couple of moments at the end of that sermon where I where I, I I literally threw my hands up and I said, come what for real? Yeah. Like like they were motivations for me. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to to uh, week nine here, uh, week nine of this sermon, I saw if it sounded weird, like week nine, like week it was nine. a week nine, yeah. week nine, okay. no, week no, nine. You just thought about it too much. Week yeah. number nine, <laughs> the ninth go. one of this series, uh, go back and let's do it. It's great, great sermon. Um, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. still, I'm just loving this series. Yes. I, I seriously, oh. every message is just killer. And I know we've probably said that like <laughs> a lot in the last couple mm-hmm. of months, like this is it. Mm-hmm. But like, seriously, this is, there's so many good practical yeah. things that I'm getting out of this where yeah. I'm like, yes, this is, this is what I'm going through in life right mm-hmm. now. Like mm-hmm. I needed that mm-hmm. spoken over yeah. me. Yeah. And it's really spawning something like, like a, a small group me and Keith go to. Now we're starting to break down scripture mm-hmm. because yeah. I think we were going through this series of breaking down scripture. Yeah. And so I think it is, it's definitely getting this culture to the point where like there was a point I wanted to text pastor and, and go, hey, how about we just do First Timothy next week? <laughs> like, let's just let's continue breaking down. But I get he even breaks down the first week why we do certain series at certain mm-hmm. times and stuff like that. But I was like, I to the point where I'm excited for whatever the next series is, which I don't ooh, know. Ooh, I do. I do. <laughs> oh, I you do. do. Okay, cool. Uh, media media elements have started creation uh, last okay, week. Okay, then I okay, then it's I know. So I just didn't know if we got that thumbs up yet. But I'm, I'm yep. I want to pe- keep people in suspense. I finally got the thumbs up. So so uh, we. We are like uh, a couple of us here are in a text pool on like what the next year is going to be mainly. I mean, not because of my uh, scriptural stewardness <laughs> so much as he's the guy that's going to make the the promo bumpers and the, and, the, and the media graphics. <laughs> so I have to kind of be the fly on the wall in these conversations and yeah. be like, yeah, I can do something so, with that guy. So I'm excited for that message, mm-hmm. but also I'm excited that I think after that message, we'll probably dive into scripture again. And I think that's just cr- so crucial for our church and, and yeah. their growth. And and they're really the, like the whole theme has been like, get in the word and like understand yeah. that get get beyond the surface level. So I, yeah, I've been digging this and I'm, I'm excited for these clips. So we, uh, this is the penultimate uh, penultimate message of the sermon series. So we are next week will be the last one mm-hmm. penultimate for people that don't watch racing. It is the last lap where they throw the white flag saying last lap. That is the, I'm so the, glad the, you said that because I was going to pretend like I knew what you were talking about. Then the penultimate, <laughs> it's, pen, it's the penultimate, uh, penultimate message. Uh, pastor does reference it that next week we will be concluding a 10 week study on yeah. 86 verses. That's so great. That is so great. So <laughs> yes. Uh, do do we sell do we sell it at this point? Stick stick around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stick around. That's stick all. around. Next week's the stunning and baffling conclusion of Second Timothy. Yeah. I love he that. He said second. I- <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. After this series of charges throughout this letter, Paul gives Timothy and us one central charge that it it just kind of sums the whole thing up. He says, preach the word. Hmm. And then he's going to give this series of this series of motivations that reinforce that chart. The first one's in verse one. He says, in the presence of God and of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead in view of his kingdom and his appearing, I give you this charge. And what he's doing here is he's pulling back a curtain. He's, he's opening Timothy's eyes to an invisible spiritual world that's around every one of us every single day. You know that there is a spiritual world that is around us all the time. There is a war that is being waged at all times. There is a fight for your spirit, for your families, for your marriages, for your finances. There is a spiritual warfare that is happening at all times all around us. And Paul says, I want you to be cognizant of this. And then he reminds them that Jesus is going to someday judge everything that every one of us have ever done. He's going to assess all of our life's works. And he, he reiterates to Timothy 
what he had written earlier in 2 Corinthians, that we're all gonna have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for the things that we have done in our body, whether they are good or whether they are bad. It's, it's interesting, um, there, the spiritual realm. I'm finding that um, that is something that is coming up in conversation at home that we, we can talk about the physical realm, but the spiritual realm. And so we're kind of uh, navigating that with our kids that yes, there is a spiritual thing. There's a thing we cannot see. And I think sometimes uh, we can overlook that because we can't see it. Mm-hmm. And so if it doesn't have our attention, then it's not going to take our energy. And so um, I've been, and, and I'll use the same word, cognizant. I don't even think I said it right either. <laughs> but of of the spiritual realm, to have that, that mindset that, you know what, because there is good and bad to that. And so I think when we, we recognize it and we acknowledge it, we get to then explore in it. And that's really what I want for my family is the the reality is being a Jesus person isn't okay. Now I'm a good person. Being a Jesus person is connecting with the savior and, and the God who is in spirit and in truth and, and, and walking in that. And so I love, and he does say preach the word, but he talks about the reason we talk about it is not just the physical, but also the spiritual. Yeah. As I've started to pursue a deeper understanding of what the spiritual realm is. I feel like it, it makes me feel just smaller and smaller and smaller, but almost in a good way where like, I just realize that life isn't necessarily in my control, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's just a lot going on and it's, it's bigger than just me. And I, I really love what pastor Sean said, um, that no, we don't necessarily give an account for like our sins, yeah. but we will give an account as to what we have done. And yes. so are we being like, uh, crippled by the the fear of the spiritual realm yeah. uh, to the point where like, well, I can't because there's just, ah, there's just so much against me or there's all these wars going on and I feel it just too deeply. I can't, can't move. And yeah. I know we've talked about that in the past or um, does that embolden me that man, there's angels in heaven that are Mm -hmm. like fighting wars. And um, when we move in this earth, we are enabling those wars up there to happen. Like we, good wars, right? Um, And so I think, I think that's really cool. And yeah, it's convicting for sure. What what account am I going to have to give? Like, Mm -hmm. what have I done? Well, it's interesting too, is, is, uh, so the conversation going back to the spiritual realm, the conversation of the significance of the Ouija board came up this weekend with friends Ooh, that's interesting. and it came up because, uh, a friend of ours brother is like, it's not a big deal. It's, it's not, you know, and to the point he was like, you know, next time I'm over, I'm going to bring it with me and, and do all this. And, and yeah. And, and then, uh, our, our friend said, no, don't do that. I don't want that. And the reality is, and that came up is like, you know, uh, how, you know, important it is to not allow certain things to come into our lives because of the spiritual realm behind it. And so like we, you know, we've talked about that with Ouija boards. We've talked about with, with yoga positions and how those things can open up, you know, that dark spirit that we don't want. But Mm -hmm. again, we can then, and that's why it's so important to understand that, like pastor said, behind the curtain of it Mm -hmm. is because it can be something that we overlook and go, oh, it's not a big deal. Or we'll say things like, oh no, Jesus is with me. Yeah. And Jesus is probably telling you, yeah, don't do that. Like, don't, you know, don't, you know, yes, I can do all things, but if you start opening those doors, it could take you down a path you don't want to go down. And so it's, it's just interesting that when he, when Paul's talking to Timothy and he says, preach the word, you're you're preaching the word, not just to the physical realm, but to the spiritual realm. Yeah. The scripture tells us that our lives are, are but like a mist, right? We're, we're here and then we're gone. We're vapor. Yeah. And, uh, if you're not, if you, if you don't see the spiritual battle going on, I, I think there's one or two things that are happening. Uh, one is, um, you're just, you're, 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 oblivious to it and you're, you're yeah. maybe, maybe a little selfish and think that your role here is much larger than it truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also too, like I, I know in my life, I didn't see a lot of spiritual warfare when I wasn't in the spiritual fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So like as, 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 as Dallas was just saying, the, the, the brother of your friend was 
Like, oh, it's not a big deal. Yeah. It might not be a big deal for you because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're not even a pawn on the, on the chessboard. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 it does, it, you, you don't have any weight or bearing in the spiritual fight that's going on, but it is for people that are yes. Oh, yeah. fighters. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, one, the closer I've gotten to Christ, I'd love to say that my life has gotten a lot easier mm-hmm. and, uh, easy is a, per, is a, is a point, a point of view or a perspective. Yeah. My life has gotten, uh, my life has gotten simpler. My emotions have gotten more in tow. Um, but there has been much more of a spiritual battle and weight that yes. I've experienced as I get closer to the, to the fire. Yeah. As I get closer to the Holy spirit, more is disclosed to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I, do I like the weed? I don't like the Ouija bride. No. One experience a, a while back and it was very weird. And it's one of those that like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that it was weird because there was a gate that was opening and the people that were touching go. that thing was yeah. they, the enemy saw those people and said, well, if I can cripple these two. And unfortunately yes. I feel like that's a lot of the point of those things. So it's interesting you bring that up pastor Dallas, because uh, just a week or two ago, I was talking with a friend who said, I, you know, I have this friend who was like raised in a good home. She was a, a good person, whatever, but she just really went off the rails. And my friend's like, and I've been thinking and praying about like, what happened? She's like, and I remember this one time we're in her basement. She pulled out an Ouija board and she's like, and I keep going back to that moment. And I don't know why, but like for her, uh, she kind of recognizes how like, this this person, this friend was okay with opening that gate yes. and allowing that stuff in. And so it wasn't even necessarily that one thing, although I think that's super dark, but it's just kind of that like spirit that you're allowing to keep coming in and like pulling you, yeah. right? And I think that's why I love that Paul, you know, Paul says preach the word because he's saying preach the word to the point you know, I know I keep saying this over and over again, but you know, that friend, she had the surface level down. She was mm-hmm. a good person. She was doing good things. And I think sometimes we can overlook that because we go, oh, you know, you know, she's she's saying a nice thing. She has a cross, she's all blah, blah, blah. But then the spiritual part is is being tainted by other things. And so what he's saying is it can't just be something that is a good talk. Mm-hmm. You know, when you preach the word, which, you know, I talked about last week is alive and active and it's God breathed. When you preach it like that, it has to speak to the spiritual realm. It has to be. And so I think that's why Paul's telling him it can't just be a good talk. It has to be the word of God piercing their spirit because that will trans, you know, transform and transcend. That's good. And like you were saying, Keith, as you get closer to Jesus and feel the Holy Spirit's presence deeper and you become more aware of that spiritual realm, there's things that now suddenly you're kind of up against that you didn't ever experience before. And a lot of it seems scary or bad. Like, well, why would I have to deal with spiritual warfare if I'm doing the right thing, if I'm becoming closer to Jesus? Right. And I think, uh, I know for sure that all of us on staff have said at one point or another, we've experienced spiritual warfare. So, um, and I feel like for a listener who maybe hasn't experienced spiritual warfare or recognized it, mm-hmm. how can that kind of manifest itself in what ways like, do you feel it? I know for me, it's like, uh, you know, when I have a a good thing going on, like a Bible group, or I'm getting together with like good Jesus friends. Sometimes I'll feel this like, ugh, I really don't want to go. Don't know why, just really don't want to go. I've got headaches or I feel like nauseous. I just yeah. want to stay home and stay in bed, right? And then I like go to the thing and do it anyway. And I realize that I probably was feeling all those things because it was like the enemy trying to keep me from experiencing something good, yeah. right? So like we don't necessarily equate the two and two together all the time, but there are spirits that are trying to keep us from, from growing, from becoming better people. So anyway, I was just curious, like, what do you think? Depression. Mm -hmm. I I have overwhelmingly large amounts of depression in certain seasons and not like seasons like spring, summer, fall. Like they're usually in line with, uh, my bones getting stretched as a Jesus person. Mm -hmm. Um, tiredness when, I, I've, I've said this too. I, I get, I get some of my friends make fun of me cause I, I tend to fall asleep in, in my easy chair at home. Um, at sometimes at seven 30 at night. Mm-hmm. And if I'm just randomly falling asleep at night, it's because I'm, I'm exhausted from the day. Mm-hmm. And when I'm exhausted from the day, it's because I'm not less as scripture tells me, I'm not getting refreshed in the Holy spirit because if I stay refreshed in the Holy spirit, 
I can, I could probably live on three and a half hours and mm-hmm. my body be like, yeah, you're fine. Get, get out of here. The closer I am to the Holy spirit, the closer I am to having God be the source of my freshness. Yes. Uh, it's not so much the hours at night that I sleep mm-hmm. when I'm far away from those. There is a correlation that those are the nights where I fall asleep at six 30 at night and I've slept for 14 hours. Yeah. And they also corns, corns, correspond with me having something I don't talk about, yeah. like a depression I don't tell my friends about, mm-hmm. a depression that I go to God with, but half-heartedly. Yeah. I, don't, I don't go to God 100% and say, take it from me. I say, yes. no, I, please take it from me. But I'm actually, and then God's like, well, you have to let it go then. Like, yeah. It's like the picture of a person like grabbing a package from somebody, but the other person's like, oh, I don't. You just take the package, yeah. but holding back. Um, those are my big ones. Mm. Fits of rage and anger. I don't, I, I don't tend to have that. I don't I also don't, don't tend to uh, overeat. And I know some people that that's like they overeat or overdrink yeah. or overdo any one of their vices when mm-hmm. they're feeling their backs against the wall. Th- yes. Those aren't mine. Uh, mine are very much internal and very much uh, I've, because I've even gotten so good in my life at being able to hide it yeah. as it happens. When I bring it up to some people, they're like, Oh, I had no idea you were experiencing any of those things because I've, I've learned how to put on a, mm-hmm. a fake face on it. Yeah. I, I think fear. Um, and, and I've, and I've realized that too. And I, I would agree with you too, is, is when you are, when you are separate, when you go, why am I dealing with this? Then you have to look at your track record and go, okay, how many times have you skipped certain things? Mm. How many times, when's the last time you actually listened to worship music? When's the last time you actually wrote in your prayer journal? Mm-hmm. Because I can see that sneaking up. And, you know, or when's the last time you read something and you like just dug into that scripture, you know? And so I think that's when it comes up because, you know, going back to the God breathe part, I know that, you know, when the Holy Spirit's moving is because he'll, he'll make a verse come alive and go, you, this is the wisdom you need right now to overcome that fear and that anxiety and all those, those things. And so, um, so for me, I, I have to remind myself, you got to get in even when, when things are going great, Yeah. don't coast on the greatness, you know, oh, things are great, great weekend. And, you know, you could just coast, you know, you still got to get up. Can't have too many cheat days in a row. That's, that's it. And that, and that's what I'm learning with, you know, physical discipline is like, Hey, be mindful be mindful. Don't, don't think you're there yet. You know, cause I, it's funny. Cause I, you know, going back to the physical, you know, clothes are starting to feel a little looser now. And mm-hmm. so I want to go on there, but then I step on mm-hmm. the scale and the scale goes, not yet. I mean, you're doing good, but this is your goal and you still got a ways to go. And so even in that, you know, the, Oh, I feel good things. I'm reminded of how I need to keep going forward. And so I think that's in the spiritual realm, you know, oh, things are going good but I still got to get into it. I still got to be disciplined in these things because when things are bad, I can combat it with these things in my life. Yeah. And before we close out on the soundbite, the one thing I did think about is the spiritual, the spiritual realm all around us mm-hmm. and how many, uh, cause like everyone has their own opinion on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I would be really interested, and I, I hate it when podcasts do this. I'd be really interested in a future episode if we actually talk more about that. <laughs> yeah. About, <laughs> about, uh, about what that looks like, because I think that we all have a little bit different feel of what that actually looks like mm-hmm. around us, but none of us can actually be proved right or wrong on it. And it's one of those that, and we're going to talk, uh, Pastor's going to talk about this later in, in this sermon about, mm-hmm. about the community of you should be listening to other Christ, uh, other people following Christ and learn from each other, sitting yeah. down and, and digesting scripture with each other. And then, and then it, when needed, you know, correction and, and being re- rebuked, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I would enjoy that. Um, I, in my, in, in my head for a second, I saw like, uh, the, the ghostbusters, like how, like all the, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the spirits, sure. the spirits are walking around and, and I don't know if it's not, if it's not, a, a lot like that mm-hmm. in, in my real actual, what I, yeah. what I think it is. Um, I, I know that there are, there are, there are, are spirits out there that are mm-hmm. on a crash course to destroy you. Yeah. 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 That, it's, it's invisible, but it, it's there. That's their only <laughs> yeah. purpose in existence. <laughs> yeah. They have no, they're like, the, they're like the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Their, their only mission is to destroy your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once, once that happens, they cease to, they cease to have a, have a purpose. Yeah. That is like when they, when they have, 
if you think of it like a human, they've woken up this morning and you are their primary target and they will stop at nothing and at no one mm-hmm. to, to destroy you. Yeah. yeah. And that is, that is their only assignment. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't have to go to work. They don't have to worry about their, uh, what's going to be on the table for dinner. They don't mm-hmm. have to worry about their house being clean or the lawn being mowed. Yeah. Their only prerogative and mission is to yeah. destroy you. Yeah. This is a fantastic topic. I mean, we probably could go all day on this. I just have one thing I want to add yeah. is that uh, there's tons in the Bible. I love how when Jesus came here, that's like what he did. You know, yeah. he was just casting demons out mm-hmm. left and right. Like, yeah. so if you want to know more about the spiritual realm and what that looks like, just watch De- Jesus cast out demons, put them into some pigs and watch those pigs go off the cliff because mm-hmm. Jesus Cast them straight out of here. Yeah. That's yeah. all you got to know, right? Mm, good stuff. And, and you know, the farmers watch me like, why'd you just do that to all my pigs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. That's, bro, that's like, come on, man. That's Jesus like my, was like, that's don't my worry. Farm, bro. I just put 50 more in your barn. You're <laughs> yeah. fine. Oh, how cool would that be? <laughs> yeah, he probably did. Yeah, we, right? we don't get that part of, <laughs> yeah. the, of the story, I but I always think about the farmer that's like, bro, no, you did. Oh, he did. Oh, man, that's my family's farm. For that guy? You did it for that guy? Really? (laughs) Now, if you're a Jesus person, when you die, you're not going to have to give an account for your sins. You're going to have to give an account for your stewardship. Jesus people, we're free from having to stand before God to suffer condemnation for our sins. Jesus already covered that on the cross. But no one is free from assessment on the final day. Jesus people are going to have to give an account for how we spent our time, how it is that we spent our spiritual gifts. And so he's saying, Timothy, be ready for that day. How? By preaching the word. The word Pastor Dallas said last week is God breathed, literally exhaled by God. So he's saying, take that pure, perfect word and preach it. And when you preach it, preach all of it, not just the parts you like or the ones that support your opinions, lifestyle, or choices. Preach everything so that the body of Christ, the church, will be built up. I mean, for 2,000 years, God's been building believers and the church at large in this way, through the preaching of the word. I wrote down, Pastor Sean goes on to say, be urgent and don't get caught in the weeds. Mm Hmm. Hmm. It's something my husband says a lot. Like uh, at work, I've just been like in the weeds. I'm dealing with all this stuff and it's distracting me uh, from my main job. So I feel like I can never actually accomplish like what I'm hired to do because I'm stuck in all of these like emails and phone calls with all the stuff where I'm just in the weeds and I'm so tired of it. And uh, that's so interesting to me because it's this idea where like, are we getting stuck in the conversations in the social media posts and the, in the whatever that's distracting us and taking us away from our main thing, what our main job is to preach the word. Hmm, How am I, how am I Mm. preaching the word? And then you kind of think like, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't really read my Bible this morning. I didn't really tell anybody about Jesus today, but I didn't sin necessarily. Right? Like, well, Mm. I didn't sin by not doing that, but in a way you, you do. Right, because we're going to be held accountable for that one way or another. So yeah, no, you're not. You won't give the account of your sin, uh, but you will be assessed on what you did and what you did with your gifts. And if you didn't take that spiritual gift test a couple uh, weeks ago, I highly encourage you to go and do it. We put it on our website just for that reason. So you know, what are the things that God's going to hold you accountable for? Like, do you understand yourself enough to know how God is trying to use you? Yeah. I, and I, that was one of the quotes I, I, I was trying to see if I could hear myself in that clip because when he said, you know, uh, because of Jesus, we will be, ju- we won't be judged for our sins, but we'll be judged for our stewardship. And I went, whoa, because mm-hmm. stewardship is the definition is like the job of supervising or taking care of something. And so, like you said, with those gifts, now that you know, okay, what are you doing with it? Yeah. And I think that that's the narrative with Christianity can be, well, I'm saved. I'm a new believer. And they'll, and they'll stop there and God saying, no, 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 no. Like you got to keep going because you have a testimony and you have a story and you have something in you that needs to go beyond you. And so like, you have to be 
cognizant. I'm like, not saying, why do I keep going in that word? I can't say it right. It sounds really <laughs> intelligent though. <laughs> but you have to be, you, you, your job is to, I need to steward my talents. Yeah. I need to steward my time. I need to steward my finances because in the end, I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. You know, and that's what stewardship is, is being faithful with what you did. And so that's why, you know, it, when you, when you go, well, serving's not for me. It's like, it is. Oh, you know, uh, tithing's not for me. It is like, I don't know why you keep telling yourself you're not, because these are things that in, in God's word that he wants you to do and, and produce so that you can see the fruits of it. Also, salvation doesn't end with you. We're, we're called to go, not to stay. So it's like, that's why I was like, even though I am serving, but I have to remind myself, but it also I do this for a living. And so I can't go, well, no, 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 I'm serving. Like, no, 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 no. You need, you are called to go be above reproach. And so I have to remind myself to even go beyond what I do on a Sunday and remind myself that it has to, I have to do more than just, okay, I did it. I checked it off that I have to be cognizant. I said it again. Why do I keep going back to that word? Um, (laughs) Of what I, you know, when I go to Walmart, which is, can I be, I get this a lot. Hey, I saw you at Walmart. <laughs> how, how often are you at Walmart? Uh, probably more than I should be, yeah, uh, but I am. But, but then I remind myself of Cindy. Cindy works at Walmart and I go, you know what? God mm. keeps putting her on my heart. And I go, I need to go talk to Cindy more and just, Hey, how are you doing? How's it going? How are things? How's work? Things like that. And, and then in hopes that she goes, how are things with you? Where do you work at again? You know, and, and see what God can do in that. And so I have to steward that and know that, you know, I can I have to be more than just smiling in public, but try to stir, you know, start some conversations with people and, 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 and allow God to do something in that. And so that's what I feel like God's convicting me on right now is like, you got to be stewards of that because I've given you that gift and that ability and I need you to take advantage of it. That's good. And let us not forget too, that it's not our own ability. Like I can kind of sit here and feel like, wow, I don't, I don't do enough and like kind of get down on myself about it, but it's not about being good enough. Cause first of all, you're never going to be good enough. This is, we're talking about being carried along by the Holy spirit. Are you living out what God is really calling you to do? And that's, it's like not on your own mic. Cause if you sit there and like try and like do this all by yourself and like lift this up over your head on your own, that's not it. And uh, so you might think, well, like I'm not, I'm just never going to be good enough. I can't, I can't be a good enough leader. I'm not doing enough leader things. I need to go out and join all these groups. Like, nope, you need to pray about it. You need to see like where God is trying to, to lead you to, in order to keep doing the main thing, which again, yeah, is preach the word and preach it and live it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if preach the word is always necessarily with your mouth. Yeah. yeah you that's, true. that's it. I, I think that uh, a lot of uh, myself included, uh, I'm being watched by not only God um, at, at all times, but there are so many people in the community that yeah. when, even See if they have, even if they have no idea that uh, what I do when I'm at target, you know, professionally, <laughs> they don't know what I do um, mm-hmm. when I'm at target. Yeah. <laughs> That's hey. This is the, I'm just. You live closer to Target. Let's just be honest. Yeah, you live close to Walmart. I can walk to, to Walmart. That's you fine. could possibly walk to Target. I drive possibly. out of my way. It's only like Target. a mile and a half. There you go. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I put limits on you. <laughs> <laughs> but but people, even if they don't know what I do for a living, even if they don't know, yeah. I, I still have a responsibility to oh, be yeah. to be the smile that somebody could need, want, or use. A hundred percent. You know, yep. and, and pastor's going to say in this message too that. Um, one of the, I forgot who, 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 who it was, who was a quote from, but I could live one year off of a compliment. Yeah. Yes. Off of a well-placed compliment. I could yeah. live one year mm-hmm. off it. And, and I try to be that yes. at places. I, I am, I am an introvert by nature. I just, Oh, I don't like talking to people I, like really it, it, like, I don't dislike it, but I definitely don't feel like it's second nature. Mm-hmm. But when I'm, when I'm at say like target mm-hmm. and I'm, <sighs> I mean, I'm cashing out. I it, I make it a point that when they say, "How uh, do you find everything?" Yeah, how's your day going? Yeah, you know, and that takes a lot of energy for me to do, mm-hmm. like because I'm like oh, heart races a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. then that's that could be the only thing that these people like need that I interact yeah. with is yeah. that somebody just cares. Yes, and that somebody's just gonna listen, especially oh, yeah. if that person doesn't look like, sound like, act like we're yep. the same thing as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like those are the people too that 
need Jesus the most. And yeah. sometimes it can be daunting mm -hmm. uh, when you're up against a situation where you're like, I, I already know what you're going to tell me yeah. about the Bible, yeah. right? No, you don't. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. And, and it is. Those little acts of kindness right. go a long way. Deliver so the delivery system definitely, because it varies amongst all of us Christians. All yeah. of us have a little unique delivery system yes. on, on, on yeah. scripture and the gospel and mm -hmm. how to live your life. So uh, we all matter in that. We are yeah. all called to it because we're all a little bit different. So yeah. when someone looks at me, I don't know if they think Christian right out of the gate. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't, but I, I, it, but if I can, if it is impossible for people not to see Christ in me, in my actions, mm -hmm. then I am spreading the gospel. Yeah. I am preaching the gospel just in how I'm acting. Yeah. What I loved about the soundbite quick is that um, I think a lot of us get uh, this, uh, maybe misconception that like, oh, my sins, I'm going to be <clears throat> going to have that scroll yeah. in front of Christ. And he's going to be like, you did this there. Yeah. You did that there. Yeah. You watch this a lot. <laughs> you, you, you know, and, and, and that's the cool take on this, on this, uh, on this portion of, of mm. to Timothy is that, no, we're good on those things. Mm -hmm. Like Christ is going to be like, yeah, I have it all in this. And he's going to be like waving this scroll around. Yeah, it's yeah. all right here. Uh, but I, I don't really want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about the, the times you, wow. you, uh, you missed. Yeah. Uh, that time. makes my heart just like swell. Mm -hmm. The opportunity, yeah. like my fear, and I've said this on this podcast, my fear and my uh, motivation is that he tells me good job. Yes. You know, but my fear is that he's going to say, you did a lot of really good things, man. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, you had this easy, this easy underhand pitch that you could have knocked out of the park and you ran. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the times that you, you were equipped and like how Megan was saying, you're, are you enough? You're enough for today. Yeah. If God needed you to be more, he would have made you more today. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely enough to do what needs to be done today. But I want to talk to you about the times that you were more than enough not, you're not at the end of the road. You're not, you're not where you're going to be, but you're more than enough for today. Yeah. And those times where you said, nah, mm -hmm. can't do it. Don't want to do it. Nah. Yeah. And then I want to show you how that road unraveled for the person that you said, nah, mm -hmm. inadvertently too. Cause you had no idea that by you doing this, this person would have saw that and would have done this in that person. And this wild snake of a path that, that mm -hmm. goes, and this ultimately four generations down the road changes. If you just say yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the scripture says, well done, good and faithful servant mm -hmm. to be a servant. You have to do service. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's required. I know people aren't going to hear that. We might get a four-star rating because of that, but it's the truth <laughs> is there has to be service. You can't just sit on the sidelines and go, this is where God wants me. And it's like, mm, I don't think he does. I think one of his final things was go and it wasn't to stay. Yeah. So, I mean, sorry. I, I, mean, I know people are like, oh, turn it off. Hopefully not. I <laughs> no, I don't think so at all. Serve God and serve others. Yeah. Um, and when you live your life in, in that, you're not going to feel again, going back to what I was talking about before, you're not going to feel this like, I'm not good enough. I need to listen to more podcasts and Come read on. more leadership books because I just, I can't do it. Like, don't worry about you as much as you worry about God and other people. Stop it. I want to, yeah. oh man, put it down. I want to, I want to get you. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> we'll just add some punching noises here. All right, let's go. Remember the gyroscope illustration Pastor Dallas shared last week that that's correction. The, the gyroscope, it was always true to the axis. If, if the ship turned or leaned one way or the other, the gyroscope told the computer to right the ship. That's the purpose of God's word, to right the ship. And this is saying that that's actually what you and I, this is what Jesus people are supposed to do in the lives of every person around them. Correction. They're supposed to come along and say, hey, bro, man, like you're leaning a bit. You're leaning in the way that you treat your lady or you're leaning in the, you know, when you, when all you do is get on that computer and all you do is post this and comment on that, I mean, you're, you're leaning a little bit. It's our job to come around and, and it's not our job to get on social media and yell at people about being on social media. That's like being in a car driving by getting mad at people that they're driving. Why? Why are we mad about everything? Why is it that, see, David said, restore unto me the joy 
of my salvation. Salvation is supposed to be filled with joy. It, and that's like correction is arm around, hey bro, like you're leaning a little bit. The problem is not a lot of us want to do that because it seems nosy. We don't want to do it. Let me retract that. We don't want to do it to people's face because it seems nosy. It seems invasive. It seems judgmental. We like to save our judgment, not for people, but about people. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. (laughs) It's, it's interesting when you talk about, uh, uh, um, what's the word I want to say? It's not cognizant. Cognizant. It's interesting that uh, I think Christians have this reputation of being judgmental, not joyful. Ugh. And I think that, it, you know, that's got to be our call is where people go, man, are they happy? <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. they, they're very happy. It's always smiling. It's kind of creepy. It's always, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that's the truth is we, as believers, we have to remind ourselves that, that we have joy in our salvation, that our salvation that, you know, again, and you said it perfectly, Keith, you said, you know, you know, what's great is I'm reminded of what God has done through me. You know, because we can see our past selves. We we have that memory. Right. You know, it's not been wiped away. Our, our our past has been wiped away when it comes to the book of of of, of judgment. But but it's not been wiped away from our minds. Mm. And so that's and that should bring us joy, not condemnation. Yeah. And it shouldn't bring us you know uh, uh, depression or sadness. The joy or salvation. Go. You know what? I was this, but God did this. You know, which a lot of preachers like to go. But God, and they're like, Amen. You know, but that's true. It's but God did this. I was this, but God did this, and that should bring joy to our lives. And if anything, when you wake up and you go, Man, this day stinks, and this this time stinks, and I I'm not happy. I have nothing to be happy for. If you are a Jesus person, you have joy because of salvation. Even though things are going really rough for you, you have God living in you. And so that should bring you enough joy there. And so, yeah, I, I really hope we can, you know, flip the script on that and people can see us less as judgmental and more as as joyful. Totally. And when you're living out of that joy, uh, then you understand the purpose of correction. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to blame anybody, bring them judgment, but tell them like, Man, it just stay stay on the upright path. And I think correction, kind of like in this sense that Pastor Sean was talking about, like putting your arm around someone, sort of implying that like that person already is walking on on the Jesus path, right? Uh, not maybe necessarily like totally living off of it. I don't know, just kind of my take on that clip. But um, so I think about like people I know who are like proclaimed Jesus people, uh, maybe who aren't like living completely on the on the path that I that I see or um, know that like God's calling them to, right? And so uh, what does that look like Mm -hmm. to put your arm around someone? But it can be a little scary, not gonna lie, right? Like we don't wanna seem nosy. So do we talk about that person behind their back? Hopefully not, Mm -hmm. Um, because we don't wanna wanna be those people. We wanna be living out of that joy and be like, come on, there's there's fullness here for you. There's joy here for you. Like, let's take joy in our salvation. Let's turn away from all of that other stuff. Like I'm gonna, and be there with them and for them. Yeah, we need to remember that walking in correction brings good results. And I think that's the reality. Sometimes we don't want correction, but when you walk in correction, you go, oh, I'm glad I did that. You know, because it's the truth is it brings growth. It brings change. It brings, you know, it brings a, a, a newness in you, a maturity in you. I mean, going back again, going back to this physical, when you make a change, it's not fun at the beginning, but when you see the results in it, you go, I'm glad I made that change. Yep. And so it's the same thing is with the spiritual, same thing is with the emotionals. Okay. If I allow this correction, that I find in a word that I find in another believer, you know, speaking it over me, you don't like it at first, but when you walk in it, you will then see the results of it and go, I'm glad I did it. So I think, uh, people today had, I, I think corrections super easy for most people today. Right. I mean, you look at you, you watch TV, you watch, uh, anything in the media you watch, you go on the internet, you go, you go on the social media, all the social media. That's all why we need to, this is why we need to go to the video so that people could see Keith's face when he goes, <laughs> corrections easy. Right. And right? just kind of gives a smirk. <laughs> and so, so for, if you take it from a, from a person that, I don't, let's take politics for, for example. I don't yeah. know much about politics because I, I don't, Yeah, it's not something that interests me. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I, uh, 
I care about. Mm-hmm. I don't find joy and peace in knowing about politics. I, yeah. So I just don't really know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of people that are really, really, they want to say what their opinion is about things. And they want to tell that this person's wrong because of that, or this group of people is wrong because of that. I think correction is super easy for, for most human beings. But the problem is you don't, the problem is you're correcting people. You don't have a relationship with. Yes. Yeah, that too. I want to tell you this. If, if, if we, if we did correction to the people that were, that we have relationship with, that we loved, that when we spoke, that they would listen and they would, something would change. We did that. um, Everything else would like all the other social media yelling would, would probably shut up. Yeah. It's impossible for me to correct anyone I don't have a relationship with. If I do that, if I attempt to do that, um, I push them away even more. Yeah, and it's and so so. What's the key to that? Because I could picture people listening to this go, but I, I know this person needs this, but I don't really have a relationship. What, what should I do? Then wait to correct and build the relationship first. Build the relationship first. Build the relationship first, because if you correct with no relationship, just like you said, it won't work. Mm-hmm. In fact, you'll you'll hurt any potential relationship because you did things out of balance. I wonder how many people are are uh, Christianity hurt right now mm. because people that call themselves Christians have shoved something down their throats in their minds that the person wasn't ready for a, but B because they didn't, they, they were doing it to people that didn't have any position to do that with. Yeah. Now, but these people, you, you're, if you're listening, you have, you have uh, positions with a lot of people. Everyone's Mm -hmm. got somebody. Yeah. And that's your circle that you need to influence. But I, yes. I, 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 I will almost, I don't want to come off like a psychic or a mentalist, but I bet you those are the people, listener, I bet you those are the people you're not correcting. Yeah. 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 It's well, easier to be a listening ear. 100%. Oh yeah. Correct those people. Mm-hmm. And then you can start chiming in on social media. That's yeah. true. Oh man. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's, that's real good. It, like you said, it's hard. And you, when it's your friend or your family, you want to mm-hmm. be agreeable and <laughs> keep the peace. But we know to be a peacemaker, sometimes that requires breaking what we consider peace to create ultimate peace because peace comes from Jesus. And like when our walk is correct with him, we will have that true peace. And so sometimes, yeah, if they're in your circle, you got to have those hard conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And what happens when they don't listen? Yeah. I heard a person say, uh, he, he works for Bayside Church in California and said, um, he made a rule to his team that you're not allowed to correct anyone unless you know the name of their wife and their kids. If you don't know that, you're not allowed to, to correct oh, at that's all. Good. Because that's, that's really the good. reality is if, you, if you're going to correct someone, but you can't name anything about them, then you don't have a relationship with them. That's true. That's yeah. so good. I can speak into, into Keith's life because I know Keith's wife's name's Jenna and his kids' names are, are Adler and Parker. And and so now does that mean I get to go cool? All right. No. All hands <laughs> on deck, you know. No, because Gloves relationship, are off. relationship is there. But vice versa, you know, because of my relationship with with that too. And I could say, you know, Megan, I, I know that her husband's name is Kyle and her son's name's Road and Rhodes and my daughter loves him. <laughs> so, you know. It's true. You have a leg out there. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, but, and again, it's not to free reign, but those things have to be a, yeah. a thing mm-hmm. in your life. And so I have to remind myself too, because there's a person in our group that I want to correct sometimes, but I go, you know what? I can tell you the name of his wife right now. So I, I shut my trap mm-hmm. and I, I listen and mm-hmm. I want to get to know more. So yeah. the one, the relationship thing that if you check the boxes or Dallas is that I got to know the person's wife and the kids. And that's probably, I probably have a relationship with the, for me. And I do have this in my head as you said, this is what did they want to be when they were a kid? Yes. If I can check that, if I knew that, yeah, then I know more than I need to probably know. I probably have already passed that surface level of who that's are true. you? What's your last name? What do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if I get, if I, if I can answer that question, then I know I have a really sound relationship with them. And That's not great. necessarily for correction or re- re- rebuking even. Yes. It's just when I, when I think about the people around me that mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm, I'm doing life with. Yeah. Like that's a question I just want to know. I want answered. Like 100%. If, if I can't answer that, I didn't, I haven't really Definitely. given a crap about yeah. learning about their dreams today or where they're at today because I didn't know the five-year-old Megan. You know, I, I think we're at one of the early, earliest episodes that Megan joined us with was 
what did you want to do when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. You know, she wanted to be a writer. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but I feel like knowing that it's like, I know so much more about Megan. Mm-hmm. Right. I know, I know what, what little girl Megan was thinking about and aspiring in her bedroom for it. It's yeah. like, you have dreams. You have, yeah. you just know something. So that's for me. Yes. That it excites me to be like, what did you want to be when you're six years old? And then know it and be like, oh, yeah, I can see that, man. Yeah. I can, I yeah. can see like that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that I think that humanity thinks that it's no problem rebuking and correcting people, but we we need to re- remind ourselves that without relationship, we are just talking. Ooh. Without relationship, we're just starting to fight. And if you're actually rebuking and correcting people, it's actually not a fight at all. Mm-hmm. You're doing this in love. Yeah. When I, when I, if, 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 if I were to ever have to correct Dallas, it wouldn't end up in screw you, man, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. That's not because no. I love him too much. Yeah. yeah. Relationships and it, there. And cause, cause if, if I'm correcting and rebuking the right way, it is always with love. That's so good. Next clip. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this was when I, yeah. <laughs> I, <got that>. okay. <laughs> I don't know. And if you and I can't take correction, how is it that we're going to take rebuke? You, you know, rebuke is what's needed when correction doesn't work. Rebuke is the locker room at halftime. So, sometimes the rebuke you hear in a locker room will make your ears ring. And for whatever reason, we accept it from a coach. And we accept it from a coach because, because we believe that a coach has our best interest at heart. That, that that coach ultimately wants us to win. And But rebuke isn't just for coaches. It's for anyone who loves you. You should receive rebuke from anyone who loves you. From anyone who has your best interest at heart. From anyone who wants you to win. And the reason that this book, the Bible, is full of rebuke is because God wants you to win. I don't know if you know that or not. Sometimes it feels like people think that all God wants us to do is lose. They're like, that's why we have so many rules. That's why there are so many regulations. That's why this Christian life is so difficult because God wants us to lose. But ultimately, God wants you to win. And Jesus modeled that throughout the gospels. Jesus rebuked people all the time. In fact, in Revelation 3.19, Jesus says, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So be earnest and repent. And and I hope that that revelation doesn't blow your image of the gentle Jesus. Sometimes we picture Jesus like he's Krishna. Sometimes we picture Jesus like he's like, bro, hang, like, Jesus wasn't having that. Jesus wasn't a hippie, he wasn't a beatnik, and he wasn't smoking pot with his disciples sitting around talking about the goodness of the universe. Jesus was constantly rebuking the people he loved when he saw them in sin because he was shaping them, he was forming them to become more like him. And so because of that, he spoke the truth in love. The problem is our culture doesn't really value truth. Our culture values tolerance. Our culture values acceptance. But can I tell you that acceptance isn't always the most loving thing that I can do? Sometimes the most loving thing that you can do is correct someone. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is rebuke them. Wow. So that's like our last sound clip. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Good one to end on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think we, we, we focus on that last sentence that uh, society is, is more on tolerance and tolerating. Uh, I, I think when I heard it, I know that some people will uh, have, have heard, heard, heard that sentence differently. I heard it as uh, tolerate, mm-hmm. like just kind of like not ruffle feathers. Yeah. And, and, I'm, I, and truthfully, I'm not a feather, feather ruffler. I, I, I dislike confrontation probably more than anything on earth. Mm-hmm. I, I dislike confrontation a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but w- the beginning portion of that soundbite was, uh, it's again, like we said in the last segment, it's not confrontation if you're doing these things in love. Yes. Mm-hmm. If, and, and that lion revelation, when, it, when it, that, that we forget that, that, yes. that Christ, Christ is doing these things because he, he loves you. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, if we go back to the first segment, you're, you're now on the spiritual warfare battlefield. Yeah. And 
half of the people, half of the spirits out there are out there with love and they love you and the other half are out to get you. Mm-hmm. But you're there because you're, you're, you're loved by God. Yeah. Uh, people ha- give, I don't know if they give that question to you guys a lot, but like, why would God do this? Oh yeah. You know, why mm-hmm. would, if you, if you, and they always, it's the sentence is always, if you're God. Yeah. And that's always funny when I hear that, because I know that we're, I'm, I'm like, it, it's not like funny, like, ha idiot. It's yeah. funny. Like, because you, you have now, you know, that there is a God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just choosing not to live that way. Yeah. So you're a closer to getting, I think you're closer to the ending of Christ. Yeah. If you can say you're God, because you know, he exists. Yeah. Um, so it's always like a chunk of like, it's like, well, you're not really agnostic. You're not really an atheist. You just said you're God. You, mm-hmm. It's impossible. But anyway, I digress. Uh, <laughs> if you're, if, if we, if we do it with, with, with love and compassion, it's, it shouldn't be confrontational. Yeah. I can't think of an instance where I have, and I, maybe it's not a, uh, uh, confrontation. If it's like, if it's called care fronting, yeah. uh, that's what like the, the rehabilitation term of it, like you're, you're care fronting somebody, you're mm-hmm. not confronting somebody, mm-hmm. you're care fronting them. So I, I like to use that. Uh, I've never fronting. heard that before. Like, no, I haven't heard that either. Yeah. Well, and there, <laughs> <laughs> I have <laughs> uh, care fronting. It's it, it. And that's what it is. If you, you have an established and loving relationship mm-hmm. with somebody, you definitely have the avenue and the means to, to care front them. Yeah. And if you're care fronting them, it should always, it, it, I don't know. It should, it should always mm. probably end good. I have two things now. I only had one thing before Keith was talking, but now the second thing, cause I think um, the reality is, is a lot of us want to care front, but sometimes it comes off as confront. And I think what is the solution to that? Pray before you go to that person, say, God, give me I wisdom, like give me direction. Give me the words to say, the timing, help me to be, help me to listen probably mm-hmm. before I speak. And, you know, I, I have to remind myself when I listen, that means when they're talking to me, I'm not coming up with my answer. I'm just listening and then I speak. And so those are, I think that's really crucial for that to go from confront to care front, I think is you have to say, okay, God, I need your help. The other thing came to my mind was kind of remind me of the story. Um, so I took the family uh, bowling a couple months ago and here's the reality. Why do I take the family to go bowling? It's not to bowl with the family. I want to beat one person in my family and it's my wife. Why? Because <laughs> my wife's a better bowler than I am. And it's like, it's Ooh, embarrassing. That's interesting. Oh yeah. That's she is funny. a good bowler and it's not cool. When we were dating, I was like, I, I kind of was like, I don't know if I want to, I think I'm, I think I want to take you home. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this me, yeah. I mean, she whooped me. And so, uh, so, you know, so we're like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, get everybody, you know, Hey, and, and I even said, all right, all right uh, Logan will go first. Right. Riley Kennedy, uh, Shelby, then me, you know, and it's like, you know, so, um, but I've noticed that like the first time we're playing, you know, the, the twins had the, the, you know, the barriers up on the, on the lane and Kennedy didn't, but she was getting frustrated. Like it kept going in the gutter, kept going in the gutter. And she just finally was like, can I, can I get the, bu- the, the, the bumpers up? And we're like, yeah, sure. So we put the bumpers up and something changed in her after that. She, you know, it hit the bumper, but she was getting some pins down. It was doing really good. But then I noticed after a couple of times, she wasn't depending on the bumpers. She just knew the bumpers were there, but she was starting to bowl as if the bumpers weren't there. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to remind ourselves when it comes to God's word. We can look at these rules and regulations, but they're meant to guide us in the path that God wants for us. Yep. And so sometimes, Sometimes the world will look at God's rule as a gutter. Oh, yeah, I have these gutters on my side. Oh, yeah, of course. I can't do anything in my life because mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by these rules and regulations. But when you accept God's rules and regulations, it's in a way, it's like those bumpers that remind us, okay, um, that's helping me not fall in the gutter. Yeah. That's keeping me on my path I need for. And then yeah. the more I have it, the more you realize, you know what? Oh yeah, I needed that to bring me that confidence that God has in me, that strength that God has in me. I mean, to the point where when we did another round, we asked Kennedy, like, do you want the bumpers? She goes, well, yeah, because it helped. Hmm. And that's what we have to look at God's word as. It helps. It helps mm-hmm. guide us. It helps, you know, when pa- Proverbs says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll keep your path straight. When we acknowledge him, we acknowledge his word. We acknowledge the quote unquote rules and we acknowledge that they're meant to keep our path straight. Wow. And so don't look at that as convicting. Look at something that will help you and guide you from where you are to where God wants you to be. 
Yeah. Fantastic. So good. <laughs> um, I, I think as humans, we have this desire to like understand stuff fully. Like we're questioning, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why does God say that I have to do that? That doesn't make any sense. So don't really buy it. And then we kind of start like these debates over it. Right. And we're like, I can't follow that. Or I don't want to trust it because I can't like fully understand it. Um, but I think there comes a point where you there, there are mysteries, right? Um, I forget who said that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was Rabbi Matt. Mm. He's like, there are some mysteries that like, we just, we don't get to know, right? Mm, yeah. um, and I, I kind of love that because it's like, you may not understand all of the rules and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. What you do need to know is that they're for your good. They're for your future. Uh, it's for your family. It's for the family after that family. Like this this goes beyond just you and like your, your small finite understanding, right? So it's so much bigger. And when we can put ourselves to the side and say, hmm, yeah, I do need some correction. I do need some rebuke. I need to be back back in line under God and I need to kind of remember my place. Like there is so much for you. Don't be absorbed into the world that tells us, you know, oh, don't don't tell me I'm wrong because I'm never wrong. And that truth is not determined uh, or that truth is determined by committee. Pastor Sean says that. Mm-hmm. Later on, and I, I loved that uh, because again, we start to think, well, if they think it's right and they think it's right and they think it's right, then it's right, you know? And that's not necessarily true. So we don't have to understand everything uh, in the Bible. We don't have to know exactly why or what it's for, but you do have to start walking in it. And I think a lot of it is kind of revealed to you as you go along, like, wow, that's why God was telling me not to do this because I see how it's affected this area of my life and this area of my life. And it's, it's so much deeper than being able to give somebody a one sentence explanation that, well, this is why God says you can't do that. Yeah. It, there's way more to it um, than that. And you'll realize, yeah, you don't need those gutters after all. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> our, our life is just a mist. A, it's a yep. vapor. And then we're gone. Uh, just so blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. And, if we, if, for myself, like, cause the, the rules that, because there are a lot of them in the Bible, but they just don't, it doesn't, not a big deal to me. They're like, me neither. They, they don't yeah. stress me out. I, I, I don't be like, yeah. gosh, God, why do you, come on. Like, right. because this, this is momentary. Yeah. This, this is uh, the, the don't sweat the small stuff sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember that most everything is small stuff. Yeah. It's like the. I don't need to have answers to a mm-hmm. lot of the, a lot of the questions that, of life. Yeah. Because what I'm doing here in, in what the, the Bible tells me is the worst of my spirit's existence. Mm-hmm. The absolute worst of my uh, spiritual existence is here on earth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my life ain't half, half bad most times. Yeah. Right. And if this is the worst, <laughs> my spirit's going to see the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. Like I'll take it. Yeah. And it. so sometimes every now and again, yeah, do, do I, I, you, the rules, the, the, there are a lot of them, but they're not difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're in most regards, common sense. Like I want to be nice to my neighbor. Yeah. I, 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 I don't want to steal from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't really think I want to murder anyone. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> those, are, those are some good ones. Yeah. But, but the <laughs> truth is, why aren't they hard? Because dependability is there. You're depending, you have a relationship with God and, and you're depending on him and you're, and you're wanting him to teach you and grow in you. And so like any good father who's teaching and growing, you don't go, oh, you go, okay, I get, I get the point yeah. of this. There's that maturity yeah. and that connection there. And so I think that's the, the key is when people go, oh, I'm, I'm tired of these rules. Well, have a relationship with him first yeah. and then see how those rules That's so work, true. You know, because yeah. when the relationship's there, then you, you're, you're all about it. But yeah. I, 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 I get it. I get being, you have no relationship with God. Of course, these rules look terrible. That's good. You know, it's like someone, some stranger coming up to you and go, hey, stop doing that with your shoes. And you're like, who are you? Like, get away from me. I'm going to do that with my shoes. In fact, I'm going to do it a lot more right. now. These, like, are, these are my shoes. Yes. Don't try and tell me what to do with my shoes. So yeah. Yes. And that's it. And there's no relationship there. But when relationships there, you go okay. I get you. You you you're looking out for my well being. You have a, a a future for mm-hmm. me, and so therefore, yeah, I I yeah. want these in my life. Yeah. Does any is any child uh, raised without boundaries or guidelines or rules are they ever successful human beings? Mm-hmm. Almost always, and almost everyone listening probably has that one person like, 
Yeah, they were yeah. probably pretty decently spoiled and or no one gave a crap and didn't tell them that what yeah. they were doing was wrong. Yep. And then now the rest of society has mm-hmm. to deal with that person yeah. for the rest of their existence. <laughs> and everywhere that person goes, like, oh, so-and-so's yeah. here. Okay, yeah, 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 oh, sure. When yeah. it was just bad parenting yeah. and then the person just didn't want to get better. Yeah. And I look at, I look at my relationship with God as he's trying to raise a good child. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. one that the rest of society doesn't look and be like, oh, yep. he showed up. Jeez. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. All right, dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Put on this. Uh, some, you know, I don't want to be that yeah. that kid. And so that yeah. that requires my father to to discipline me. Yeah. That requires my father to say, no, you got to be home at this time. Yeah. Well, why do I got to be home at this time? Because just be at home at this time. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Don't eat that. Uh, turn off the TV, bro. You know, yeah. like it requires yeah. me to have a relationship with my dad and my dad to be like, don't be an idiot. I'm just trying. I'm, and I, I, I jokingly say that sometimes I'm just trying not to raise psychopaths, yeah. you know, yeah. just, yeah. And, and I can see God just going out there being like, I'm just trying not to raise an idiot. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, one more week to go. I love it. Uh, Unamas. Unamas. I know. I'm kind of sad about it, but that's okay. It's mm-hmm. been an awesome series. Yeah. Seriously. It has been. And that's it. Okay. okay thanks, oh, for, <laughs> thanks for joining us for that was a good podcast. I didn't want to, I didn't want to ramble and we we're like, Oh, they lost. Uh, we got in the weeds. We are going into the weeds. Well, I, yeah. think, I think at one Oh five, if they're still here, they can, they're going to be here for one Oh six. So <laughs> thanks for joining us for this episode. Chew on that. Hey, if you enjoyed the episode and think that someone you may know benefit from the topics, which is us. Hey, just share the podcast with somebody, tell them to listen. We'd appreciate that. Um, also rate and review if you can, if you don't yes. mind five uh, stars, please five stars. Hey, my name is pastor Keith. For Megan and Pastor Dallas, we can't wait to talk to you. And next week, come hungry because no. we're gonna. Num, num, that could have been a perfect. Too. We can't wait for you next week when you come hungry to. Oh, okay, okay. Let's we- take this out. All right, take it out. All right, do it one more time. Okay, <laughs> I'm not taking it out. Oh, I know. I, uh, that was a joke. So, <laughs> so you say what you're gonna say. I forgot on. now. So uh, I just do your bit and let's okay. go. <laughs> and next week, come hungry because we're gonna num 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 chew on that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>